This is VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the host, guest, and its callers. You have just stepped into a crust-free zone with Dr. Pat Basile. What is crust? Well, crust is that stuff that stands between you and what you want out of life. Crust is what keeps you stuck. Crust is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living your deepest heart's desire. So get ready to do some serious crust busting with Dr. Pat Basile and break through those layers of crusty conditioning to reveal the unlimited possibilities available to you to live your life full out. Dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Good morning, everyone, and you're right. You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile. I am thrilled to be part of this power, power, powerful lineup on Voice America. So today I want to talk to you about a number of different things, but I want to start out by saying what if we were to start each and every day from an absolute place of gratitude? Gratitude for Voice America, gratitude for waking up today and perhaps looking out your window and seeing the sunshine, gratitude for your loved ones, gratitude for my engineer, Chris, that's uh, handling the phones today and helping me out with the show, gratitude for the squirrel you might see outside your window. What if we were to start each and every day? Uh, with a sense of gratitude. I had the experience on Monday of interviewing uh, uh, an individual that has dedicated his life to gratitude, Bhagavan Das. And um, he, you know, we ended the show with a very simple phrase, and I want to introduce it to you at the beginning of today's show because I would like you to think about it. I'd like you to think about whether or not you're prepared to uh, say this statement to someone, to say this statement to everyone. And the statement is, is this. It, it really is just a few words. And the words are, I love you, thank you. I love you, thank you. What does life look like when each and every one of us look into the eyes of another human being with I love you, thank you? Those are five words. And I didn't really understand until the other day during my interview with Bhagavan Das. I didn't really understand what it meant to say those words. I mean, we, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know that the word love is used quite a bit these days. We hear it everywhere. But I've never really used it with uh, gratitude in the same breath, in the same statement, in the same sentence. And, uh, you know, I wonder what that would be like if we would each stop right now in this moment. Just stop for a second, whatever you're doing, if you can. And believe me, we're talking about uh, one or two seconds. If you were to stop in this moment, just stop. And think of someone in your life. Well, let's start out by thinking about someone in our, in our lives that we truly do love. And say out loud, I love you, thank you. And if that person's name is John, I love you, John, thank you. I mean, that is such a powerful, 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 really powerful experience. Let's try it together. Um, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, the thousands of people that are listening to this show, find deep, deep, deep in your heart someone someone that is close to you and say these words, I love you, thank you. 
Let's do it together. One, two, three. I love you. Thank you. Now, most of the time, it's easy to say I love you, thank you to everybody in our lives that we're close to. It's very easy to say it to the, to our best friend, my best friend, of course, my best friend for 30 years. Unbelievable. You know, how how grateful am I that I have a friend that I could say has been my friend for 30 years. I think that's a gift of a lifetime. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I don't know that there are many people in my life that I could say that I've actually had as friends, close friends, and I happen to be have one that I've had for 30 years. And, and when we talked about I love you I, 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 and thank you the other day in my conversation with Bhagavan Das, the easy part, the easy part was taking a look at the folks, my buds, the people in my life that I really did love and that I cared for and say that. Now the challenge that I'd like to present is, is what if there are people, I, this is hypothetical now, what if there are people in our lives today that, you know, are truly in our lives that we absolutely have some negative energy towards? How close are we to saying the words, I love you, thank you? And why would we want to do that? Why would we want to say to someone, for example, maybe that's harmed us, I love you, thank you? Why would we want to say that? Well, you know, if you, if you listen to people like uh, Reverend Bonnie Barnard, whose work is Forgiving Your Way to Freedom, and who is right now touring the country on the, the National Forgiveness Tour, what she will say is that there is deep, deep, deep freedom, freedom for yourself by letting someone go through the act of forgiveness. And what does that mean? Well, basically what that means is you're not condoning what the other person does. I certainly would never condone anyone that has done harm to me or anyone else. But so long as I'm hooked in to the anger and the fear of that, I will never be free. And so what we're going to talk about throughout the show is up and, and really have opportunities to think about people or circumstances in your life that you may want to jot down on a piece of paper that you're still tied into emotionally. You're tied into in a very, very deep way that the threshold of your mind, every cell in your body, and your spiritual connection is connected with people that you absolutely have nothing good to say to. And that's the work that we get rid of, that the work that we do, the effects of fear, the effects of anger, all of this stuff, this crust that comes up, this is what we do with it. Uh, you know, for me, I have a couple of stories I'm going to share with you. I had the personal enlightenment the other day in watching my goldfish. Now, I have a goldfish. I was given a goldfish about, oh, I'd say a year ago. I had a couple of friends that had a commitment ceremony, and they gave away goldfishes. And so here I was given this goldfish, and those of you are familiar with goldfish, you'll know that a goldfish comes, you know, it, 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 when it's small, it's about an inch or so long. And at the time I was actually given two of these. And so I had these two goldfish, and I put them in, you know, the typical bowl that you put the goldfish in. And somewhere along the way, one of the goldfish didn't make it. 
and one of the goldfish then was left, and they were named Burpee and Slurpee, and I'm not sure which one is left. I think, you know, I go one day it's going to be Burpee, next day it's Slurpee, but either way, I now have this goldfish. So before I knew it, I found this goldfish now going from one inch to about three inches and no longer could fit in the tank that it was in. So here I had this fish. I moved the fish then to a bigger tank. So now we're up to a two-gallon fish tank. So I had the goldfish, and again, the fish is growing, growing, growing. And the next thing I know, the fish is now about six inches. We have to go from a two-gallon tank to a five-gallon tank, and I'm thinking this cannot be a goldfish. This is not something that I really am familiar with. This thing is growing at an accelerated pace. And I went to the fish store, and I asked if maybe the food I was given it was full of steroids or hormones or whatever it was, and they assured me it wasn't. And so anyway, I put the fish in a larger tank. The next thing I know, the fish is grown out of that tank. So here I am starting out with a small goldfish, and it is now grown big enough so it needs a 10-gallon tank. Here it is in the 10-gallon tank, and all of a sudden, I now find that, you know, it, it, it's huge. It's, it's got to be 12 inches long in a 10-gallon tank. And so there's maintenance involved with taking care of the fish. And so here I am now, and, you know, I, I can't believe, you know, people are telling me, why don't you just take it down to Green Lake? I take it down to Green Lake. You know, it'll freeze to death here in the Pacific Northwest. Those of you that are familiar with swimming here, we don't really do that. The water is really pretty cold in a lot of places. But basically, the bottom line with the fish is I was, you know, at the fish store, and they said, you know, maybe the fish needs a lobster in the tank. Get yourself a lobster. Let's give you a lobster to put the lobster in the tank because the lobster will clean the tank, and the lobster and the fish will live happily ever after. Off I went, and I got the lobster, and I put the lobster in the fish tank. So the other day, I'm watching the lobster and the fish, and they're kind of learning to be with each other. And the lobster decides it's going to now crawl up these plastic plant-like things that I got going on in this fish tank. So I've got the fish floating around, the lobster climbing up in the fish tank, and I've noticed that both of them are really competing for food. So I went down and I tried to straighten out the plastic thing in the tank, and here's what happened. In doing that, I shifted what you know this plastic plant and in the process i stirred up all of the food that i had just put in food everywhere everywhere in the tank and all of a sudden i'm watching the behavior of the lobster and the behavior of the fish the lobster crawls out about a half an inch from its shelter which is this fake rock that's in the aquarium and it crawls out and it stands there well stands there whatever it does it stands there, and it's waiting for the food to drop. So the food is now all floating around this 10-gallon tank. The lobster is waiting there, standing there, waiting for the food to drop right in front of it. Now, if the food drops to the left, the lobster's not going to get it. If the food drops to the right, the lobster's not moving to get it. The lobster's standing right there and waiting for that perfect piece of food to drop. On the other hand, I now have my 12-inch goldfish in a frenzy in this aquarium, swimming around, trying to catch up 
as much food as it possibly can. Its mouth is flapping, flapping, flat. I've never seen it. I, you know, I thought for a minute, you know, that we're going to have to, you know, that, that this this goldfish was going to die of some kind of heart attack because it was swimming as fast as it possibly could, and it was trying to get all of the pieces of food before they fell to the bottom. And it, you could just see it swimming and swimming and swimming. So in contrast, I've got the fish floating around in, the frenzy, in a frenzy, the lobster standing there not moving, and, you know, quite honestly looked really kind of, you know, afraid of what was happening in this fish tank. And every once in a while we'll take a snip at the goldfish. But here we have the lobster waiting for the food to fall and the fish moving, moving, moving in beauty, really, to capture each piece of food. And in that moment, I had an aha. aha. And the aha I had was about my own life and some of the people that I coach. And I thought, wow, what am I today? Am I the lobster or am I the fish? And that's part of the discussion we're going to have today to help us figure out when to be the lobster and when to be the fish. Stay tuned. You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Papasilli. We'll be right back with VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Are you concerned about world affairs and not sure exactly what to do? Do you feel a call to a higher usefulness and a passion for the possible? Here is your chance to profoundly make a difference in the world. Here is your opportunity to become a social artist. A social artist helps remove the obstacles that prevent people like you and me from being all that we can be. A social artist enables people to realize their full potential. Become a social artist this summer and study with some of the most renowned social artists in the world. People like Dr. Jean Houston, Dr. Angela Zarian, Lynn Twist, Robert Guest, and many, many others. Join them in Ashland, Oregon from June 17th to 26th. Don't miss this opportunity to be all that you can be. Register now by visiting www.socialartistry.com or call 541-488-1200. That's 541-488-1200. My name is Karen Green, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Join sales executives Scotty and Teresa for Sales Talk every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's the fun venue to facilitate business growth and increase revenue through sales execution. Tune in to hear interviews with nationally recognized sales experts and authors. We will explore the critical challenges that salespeople and sales leaders face in today's turbulent economy. Listen and have your pressing sales issues answered. We walk the walk and talk the talk. You'll laugh a little and learn a lot. Join us Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com. My name is James Long. I am the host of Meet the Challenge. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Get committed to the cause of Christ. Listen to Pastor Ralph Martino every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Pastor Ralph will discuss a wide variety of spiritual topics from temptation to same-sex marriages and feature community leaders, authors, and NFL athletes all devoted to the cause of Christ. Experience hope, health, and spiritual growth 
Awaken the truth and find your passion. Join Pastor Ralph Martino for Committed to the Cause of Christ every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Marty Caldwell. I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living. Tune in Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific for the program that brings you practical, inspiring, and positive principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Each week, my guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call into Positive Living on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific right here on VoiceAmerica.com. This is VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crossbusting. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, I was talking a little bit about this story, about the fish and the lobster. And, what, you know, I'm sitting there. Can you imagine this? I mean, yes, folks, this is some days I spend my days like this. I stand up and I look at the fish and I think, okay, what's happening? Contemplation, it's called. You know, one of the things that I've learned, one of the great paradoxes in life, is that we must go inward in order to find the road out of ourselves. And so sometimes it's worth stopping and taking a look at the obvious. And for me, on that day, uh, the other day, it was the obvious was in watching what's happening in this aquarium between this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful goldfish and this lobster whose purpose is to, you know, from what I understood, was to keep the aquarium clean. And on the one hand, you know, the uh, the goldfish is swimming, swimming, and swimming, and using up you could t- just lots of energy. And the lobster is waiting for the food to drop. And I have to tell you that the food did drop in front of the lobster. So the question then becomes. What is it that we're to be in this life if we are to create the kind of change that we want, if we want to live the lives that we absolutely desire to live in the here and now of life? Um, you know, what I said before about going, you know, going within is, is about stopping and just taking a look, being, being observant about what's going on in your life. And earlier in the show, I started out by talking about gratitude, and we'll get back to that. Because sometimes what it takes is really stopping. When we're in touch with our true selves, who we really are, we absolutely free ourselves from the the incessant needs and desires and the limitations of our small selves. And so, you know, we can get in touch with all of that stuff that lies underneath the crust of our anger, our fear, our resentment, our automatic responses, our reactions, uh, whatever it is that we have going on in that day, we can really master and get underneath. So in that moment, as I took a look at the fish and the lobster, I thought, oh, man, you know, my life, it feels like this fish right now. You know, I feel like I'm running around trying to catch the nuggets 
you know, for fear that if I don't catch them while they're, you know, in flight, midair, that they're going to fall to the bottom and they won't be mine to get. As a matter of fact, if they fall to the bottom, they will become the lobsters to get. And so I thought, oh, you know, look at this. Isn't this an unusual uh, observation? And I thought, you got to be kidding. Here I am teaching people how to live life full out. You know, Dr. Pat, and the metaphor that I come up with is the goldfish and the lobster. Well, why not? Because, first of all, crust busting is fun, and we do get to take a look at the many, many things in our lives. And so, basically, the question that I would ask each and every person out there, in today's moment, are you the fish or are you the lobster? And are you clear about how being one or the other serves you? Now, the reason I say that is because both of them, both of them, the fish and the lobster, are absolutely perfect in their purpose and what they do. And what I want to say to you that, you know, what we do in life sometimes may have two sides to it. For, you know, just like a coin or a piece of change. A piece of change has two sides, but the bottom line is it's still a coin. You know, a quarter is still a, coin, a quarter. There's a heads and a tails, and it's still a quarter. And basically, what I'm asking you to take a look at today is how does being the goldfish serve you in your life? How does being a lobster? And do you know when to be one and not the other? And that's an interesting conversation. So what I decided was I took a look at this a little bit closer. And I said, you know, maybe we don't have to be one or the other. Maybe it's important to be both, just like the coin that has a heads and a tail. It's still a coin. It's both sides that make that piece what it is. And so I thought about this a little bit, and I said, you know, it is important for us to know when to stop and be still, when to be in the moment of waiting, when to be in that moment of divine contemplation, and that, you know, when to, when to be able to say, oh, let me think about what the problem is. Let me think and realize how vulnerable I am in this. You know, let me seek information in the quietness of how I'm being. You know, let me be in this space. And for me, I have to tell you that I also know that there's the power of next, the power of movement, the power of taking action. you got to know when you're done sitting like a lobster and, and take action and move because not all pieces of food are going to fall in front of that lobster. And that lobster is going to have to make a decision at some point in time or die about moving around the bottom of that fish tank and finding something to eat just like the fish did. And at some points in time, the fish is going to have to realize that the energy that it's using to swim, 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 you know, with no food now left, is not going to help it. So in both cases, it's so important to understand, do you move and take action today, or do you sit and contemplate what it is that is yours to do in the next moment? All of these factor in to how we create positive change in our lives. 
And when we come back, I want to talk to you about creating the change that you are, creating the change that you want in your life. And, you know, understanding what it means some days to be the fish and other days to be the lobster. Let's take a short break right now. When we come back, more with Crustbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile. And today's show, Contemplating, Are You the Fish or Are You the Lobster? Let's take a short break. When we come back, more of this. I'd love to invite you to call in, hear your thoughts, or send me an email at live at crustbusting.com. You can call into the show at one 335 5204 That's 1-888-335-5204. Call in with your questions, comments. Join in on the discussion. Is there anything that you could think about that would lead you to believe that some days you're the lobster and it serves you, some days you're not, some days you're the fish it serves you, and some days you're not? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Join number one New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Wayne Dyer, in a live presentation in Las Vegas on Saturday, May 22nd, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., as he lectures from his new book, The Power of Intention. This groundbreaking three-hour lecture will help you take control and change your life forever. For more details, visit www.icandoit.net. That's www.icandoit.net. Or call 1-800-654-5126. That's 1-800-654-5126. My name is Cricket Evans. I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are a self-published author or an independent publisher, you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure. For the latest ways to increase publicity for your work, tune in to On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance styles for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. This is Beth Warren, host of WorkWorlds Radio Hour on VoiceAmerica.com. I am America's Voice. You've heard the saying, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, at almost every wedding. But it takes a little more than that to make a wedding go off without a hitch. On Old, New, Borrowed, and Blue, Kathleen Moots will discuss all the aspects of planning the perfect wedding and offer tips and advice on achieving the wedding of your dreams in a fun and affordable way. So before you tie the knot, tune into Old, New, Borrowed, and Blue with Kathleen Moots every Monday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. My name is Bill Rogers, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. 
Stay on top of the latest developments which may affect your physical, emotional, and spiritual condition with Update on Health with Dr. Peter C. Tams every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Learn how some simple measures can reduce your chance of getting cancer by as much as 70%. Find out what you can do to combat obesity, diabetes type 2, high cholesterol, and more. It's all about vitality, fitness, endurance, and longevity. Listen to Update on Health every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. This is voiceamerica.com, America's voice. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crossbusting. Welcome back. Yes, you're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Papasilli. And, you know, uh, we were talking about the experience of the fish and the lobster uh, uh, observation that I had here at home, you know. And uh, the question that comes up for me and for many of the people that I work with is, you know what, I don't even know. I don't know when I'm doing these things that feel absolutely like the fish. I don't know when I'm running around trying to just catch these things, these balls up in the air, get as much done as I possibly can, get as much food in as I possibly can in the shortest amount of time until something breaks down. And the question is, what breaks down? Well, nine times out of ten, what breaks down in that moment is you. You break down. How do you break down? Well, you break down perhaps uh, physically. The body breaks down. Um, You break down emotionally. You break down psychologically. Maybe you become depressed. And those are all indications that that absolutely is a call for doing something different. It is a call for actually taking action in a different way in your life. The question is how... How can you go about taking action in your life that creates the kind of change that you want? And, you know, there are many, many ways to look at this. And the first thing that I want to acknowledge each and every person out there for doing is if you're in this place where you realize that you've got a few too many things going on and, you know, you're feeling paranoid, you're feeling like, you know, life, you're nervous all the time. Uh, the, the common term that, you know, that we've coined is you're stressed out. There is a point in time where you get to that place and you're frantic and your friends see that you're frantic. It's time to actually stop. And so I want to acknowledge each and every person out there that's listening to this show that says, wait a minute, oh, no, I'm feeling like the fish right now. I'm feeling like, uh, you know, I'm just going, 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 even beyond the point of there even being food. And you want to stop because what you've reached is the point of awareness. And awareness in the crust-busting terminology is, you know, having, uh, you know, full attention on the fact that there's something in your life that is absolutely not working well for you. And the second part of that, and I call that attention, putting attention, grabbing it and saying, oh, isn't this interesting? I'm exhausted today. And the next thing is focusing your attention. Where is your intention? Is your intention on the change in your life or is your intention on staying in that place of confusion? 
And so I honor you, each and every person listening to this show. I honor you for being at that place where you're at least starting to take a look at both sides of the coin. You're starting to take a look at that place where you no longer want to be. And know that where you are in that moment is temporary. It is not your life. It is not the truth of who you are. It isn't anything that you're meant to do. And you're perfect, whole, and complete in this lifetime. And that's what this show is about, and that's what we talk about. So, you know, we want to talk about being aware. The second thing we want to understand in the process of all of this is what am I thinking? What am I feeling? You know, what am I not willing to bring up to the surface? Is there, is there something that I'm suppressing? You know, am I denying something here? You know, for a long time, I held this notion, this emotion. Um, my mom uh, passed away when I was eight years old. And for the latter part of my, you know, oh, I'd say that, yeah, from this eight to 40 in my life, I pretty much held on to that, to that grief. And it manifested itself in a lot of ways, a lot of different ways. And so for me, you know, the question and the aha and the identification came up when I realized that I was harnessing grief in my body, in my psyche, in my behavior. I was harnessing the anger and the resentment around that that no longer served me. And then the question is, what are we doing with that stuff? I mean, is it like, you know, we say, oh, I'm really sad about this, and we deal with it. Ideally, that is what you want to do. But for some of us, <clears throat> we've learned a different way of being and have to go through the ropes, so to speak. And, you know, and for me, I'm grateful that I was able to do that because I wouldn't be able to sit here and talk to you about the crust of it, you know, the crusty stuff that I, you know, I allowed build up over time that didn't serve me anymore. And so when we get to this magnificent place of identifying, you know, this point of being stuck, the stuckness of it all, when we get to the point of stuckness, I would love to invite each and every one of you to rejoice. Most of the time when we're stuck, we hang out in this dim, dark place of woe is me. And what I would like you to consider for today is, wow, I'm stuck. I wonder if this is something you could say. I'm stuck in this place of my life. Let's say you wanted to lose some weight, and you're stuck in this place that you went out this weekend and you ate a gallon of your favorite ice cream. And here you are today, and you're stuck in the shame of that, because, of course, you belong to a weight program, and, you know, now you're feeling like you've got a secret around it. And here you are stuck in it. What I'd like you to do is acknowledge your stuckness. I would like you to acknowledge it and identify it as being the most honest thing you can do for yourself. Now, that may seem a little odd because if you go on the Internet and you do a search on the word stuck or stuckness, you'll probably get about 2 million uh, uh, hits back. And what I want to say is that the way to get through being stuck is not to give it any more power, is not to give it not one 
iota more of power. And when we give our stuckness power, we give it power through shame, through guilt, through resentment, through all of the emotions that don't serve us. It is the anger and the resistance of this that will hold us back, each and every one of us, from a living life full out. And that's the work that we want to do here. The work that each and every one of us wants to do is to step forth and live our dream. And so if you're at that place of stuckness, stop for one moment. Stop. Stop what you're doing right now. And turn to the left and face that stuckness. Take a look at it right in the eye. Whatever that is that you're experiencing with me right now, turn to the left. Stop. Imagine it. Imagine it as a crust ball. This is part of the upheaval process. It's part of the change. It's part of the churning up. You know, it's not happening to you outside of yourself. It's a response coming from within you. And this is a time for honesty. So face that stuckness. Take one last look at it and release it into the nothingness from which it came. And the way that we can do that is to really, really, really say thank you. Thank you to being stuck and letting you know that this is an opportunity for unbelievable change. I was down with Jean Houston for a, uh, about 10 days and uh, in the social artistry program, and I remember the discussion around, you know, what does it mean to be in that icky, icky place? Catherine Ponder calls it chemicalization. Some of us know it as probably the most awful place in our lives, that place where, you know, there may be <clears throat> deep pain that we feel. There may be uh, moments of depression. There may be times when we can't focus, when we can't create what we want. And what I want to say about that, you're getting ready to have the most amazing manifestation in your life both from within and in the material world. The question is, what do you do to get through it? How do you get through it? And so after identifying and taking a look at this cross ball that no longer serves you, what I'd like you to do is to release it and know to love and accept yourself right in the moment. Self-love and self-acceptance have absolutely no substitute, none at all. They take you to a place that you can't possibly go otherwise. And so what I want you to do is take a look at that stuckness and thank it very much for calling out to you something that has been wanting to be changed. And now you're ready to focus on the life that you want. So, you, you know, we're talking about how do you get through this place of knowing that you're stuck. Sometimes, you know, we get help and sometimes we don't. But the point is that we want to take a look at all of this stuff that we, is really weighing really heavy on ourselves and let it go. We want to absolutely let it go. And it's my belief in the letting go process and how we do this that we don't have to be with it for the rest of our lives. You're at the moment of choice right now, and you could take a look at this place of stuckness and decide whether you want to give more power to the shame and guilt of it or you want to be able to say, thank you very much. You served me in the past. You absolutely have no place in my life. 
you're absolutely useless in where you are right now for me, and I'm sending you off into the nothingness from which you came. So goodbye, have a great life, and I'm getting ready to, to dig in and lead the life that I want. And, I, you know, there's a story uh, that, uh, you know, comes to mind of, uh, um, you know, a woman that I knew a while ago. And, you know, she had to make a decision in her life about whether or not she was going to help uh, people in the workplace. Uh, the company had just gone through a downsizing. And, um, the, you know, the organization, I know all of us are familiar with the term downsizing. company had just gone through a downsizing. And this particular manager was at a crossroads in her life. Everyone around her was being laid off and fired. Uh, they were being let go. And she was in a position to help them. But if she, if, she, if she helped them, she perhaps was going to jeopardize her own position in the workplace. So the discomfort that she felt was knowing that the right thing to do was to, you know, to form some sort of support for the hundreds of people around her that were going to be you know, terminated, some of them after 20 years, 22 years of service for a company. And the company was not providing them with what they needed. And this woman agonized and agonized over whether I should help, should she help, not help, you know, what is it? And each day it became harder and harder and harder for her to live with herself and to live with the people around her. And so the decision that she made and the fear that she had to get past was in the action that she knew she absolutely had to take that was very, you know, it, it was in the very core, the very soul of who she was. The right action that she had to take was to help these people get through a very difficult time. And in that moment, she was fully aware. She totally was aware of the circumstances around her, and she clearly identified on the emotions that she was feeling and the conflict that she had. Does she help these people and jeopardize, jeopardize her job? Does she do this, or does she, you know, turn away? Can she live with herself by turning away? Can she move away from this circumstance? What is it that is called calling her to do? How does she reconcile this? How does she, you know, how does she know what to do? When you're in that place of, of contemplating, it is the moment where you are the lobster, where you are called to be still to hear the inner voice, to know what to do. How should she behave? In that moment, the thing for her to do, the thing for each of us to do, when we're struggling with decisions and choices in our lives and you know, just yearning to do something different, when we have an inner conflict, the thing to do is to take that moment and be that lobster. It is to stand there and be open or to sit there and to be open, to be quiet, to quiet the voice. You know, my interview with Bhagavad Das the other day, Bhagavad Das the other day, it was really interesting because we were talking about this moment of quiet. And, and I said to him, what do you do when the noise doesn't stop? He says, you turn around and you just tell it to shut up. Tell the voice to shut up. You don't want to hear from it anymore. You want to sit in the quiet of this and hear the true self, your inner voice. That's the way to stop 
all of the noise and the chatter. And it may take a while to do that, but understand that you have the right to call the silence into your life, and you have the absolute ability to do it. Let's take a short break right now. When we come back, I'll finish this story, let you know how this all turns out with this magnificent woman. You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life on Voice America. We'll be right back. This is voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Are you concerned about world affairs and not sure exactly what to do? Do you feel a call to a higher usefulness and a passion for the possible? Here is your chance to profoundly make a difference in the world. Here is your opportunity to become a social artist. A social artist helps remove the obstacles that prevent people like you and me from being all that we can be. A social artist enables people to realize their full potential. Become a social artist this summer and study with some of the most renowned social artists in the world. People like Dr. Jean Houston, Dr. Angela Zarian, Lynn Twist, Robert Guest, and many, many others. Join them in Ashland, Oregon from June 17th to 26th. Don't miss this opportunity to be all that you can be. Register now by visiting www.socialartistry.com or call 541-488-1200. That's 541-488-1200. Hi, my name is Beth Warren, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Looking for alternatives to expensive medications that only mask the problem instead of correcting it? Let Dr. Mystique show you the way to a healthy and happy life through alternative medicines and treatments on her show, Get Natural. Heard every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific, Dr. Mystique will shed light on the alternative health practices becoming common today and will allow you to call in for personal, expert advice. Get healthy, get happy, get natural with Dr. Mystique every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com, the world leader in Internet talk radio. This is Eileen Dillon, host of Full Power Living on VoiceAmerica.com. I am America's Voice. Are you tired of listening to political shows that put a slant on every topic? Get honest, straightforward talk with no spin. Listen to Political Propaganda or Not with Oliver Kelman every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Oliver and guests will discuss major political events and issues from an independent, straightforward perspective. Political Propaganda or Not, cutting-edge commentary from the city where politics and politicians rule. Join Oliver Kelman every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Dan Suskin. I am America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. If you were voted most likely to become a crash test dummy in high school, there's only one thing you could do. Get your own talk show. And that's just what David Jeffrey did. Every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, Running with Neanderthal is a show that will point fingers and laugh at some of life's amusing stories and blunders. So what are you waiting for? Be the first kid on your block to listen to Running with Neanderthal every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. This is VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Welcome back to Crustbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. 
If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crust-busting. Welcome back. Yes, you're listening to Crust Busting. I am Dr. Pat. Let's finish that story of this amazing woman who was faced with making a decision that would change her life forever. And here she is in the middle of this, you know, agony in the workplace, watching the people around her getting fired left and right. And the way that this particular organization did it, they didn't really let you go on the spot. You know, back then when we were doing these downsizing things, we kind of held on to people so that the work could get done. So what happened here was you had this woman who had, uh, you, you know, a responsibility in the organization. She was a director. And um, the people around her were being told that they would no longer have a job. And she saw that these people, uh, her coworkers, many of whom she'd known for years and others she didn't know, had to uh, stay in the workplace for another couple of months, knowing, fully knowing that uh, they would not have a job at the end of it. And the organization did not provide any help. There wasn't any outplacement to go to. Uh, there wasn't any way to uh, talk about it. And so what did she do? Well, it's interesting to know that she had to become the lobster for a moment. And the reason that, that, you know, that was so important is that the solution is a divine solution. And she's at a moment where she has to decide, does she trust her intuition? How can she weed through the own, her own buildup of fear and resentment and anger to know the action that she should take? Should she help people? Is it more important that she help herself? so that she can stay and help others later on. What is it that she is meant to do? How do you do this? Well, you trust your intuition. How do you stay open? You know, you will have the divine solution. It will come clearly to you. And so for, for this woman, what she had to do is trust her inner guidance. And so for that moment in time, right there in the middle of probably the darkest day in her life. She came, you know, she came to be still. And she wasn't still very long. And she heard the voice. And what she heard was that there are people that need her help. And that what her, what, what, her call in this moment was to create support groups for these hundreds and hundreds of people so that they could have a way to process what was going on for them in their lives. And so the voice that she heard was, okay, this is what is yours to do. And by the way, there's no time to lose. You must spring into action now with energy and determination. And if this is yours to do. That's why you're in this place. That's why this is a conflict for you. That's why you're, you're agonizing and stuck over it because for you, this is yours to do. And that's exactly what she did. She came to this place of action beyond anything that you can imagine. She created a way, gathered up conference rooms and classrooms for people to meet at lunchtime. And she had people come to talk about what their experience was. 
you know, to hear people talk about uh, the, the fact that they couldn't go home and tell their spouses, a way for them to talk about, you know, the betrayal that they felt. And she was trained to listen to this and heard them talk about what they were going to do now. Did they have the possibility of getting employment later? And she continued to meet with these folks day after day after day to the point where the the organization found out about it. And then for this woman, she came back to that place again because here she was helping many, many people in the organization. And it really wasn't looked upon as, as being in the spirit of what the organization was trying to do. And now she found herself in the middle of a conflict and again faced with the decisions to make because now she was one of them, even though she was not, and had to decide how she was going to live the rest of her life. What was she going to do? What was she going to choose? The organization was really pretty miffed about her. She was kind of like pretty high up in the organization, and here she was, you know, creating these what was called these secret groups where people were meeting at lunchtime. And she was confronted by the senior team, the executive team. And she was told to stop. She was told to stop. And in that moment, she had to make a decision about what her response was going to be. Now, let me tell you, she had a little practice from this last time. So the question was going to be, was she going to be the fish in this moment or the lobster? And the way she explained it to me was she got to a place in this conversation in front of an executive team. She was at this moment where she heard nothing. It was complete silence. And she said to me she knew. And she turned to this executive team and she said, you know, I've given 25 years with the, to this company. And what you're asking me to do at this point in time is to give my soul. And she said, I don't give my soul to anyone. And I'm not going to give my soul to this company. And so she turned to them and she said, in this moment, if you are so desperate to have head count, you might as well start with mine because I'm not going to stop meeting with people on lunchtime, which is their time, which you don't pay them for. And if you are not going to step up and provide the support that these hundreds and hundreds of people need, I am called to do it. That's what she did. She made a decision that changed the rest of her life. And from that point on, she joined this group, not as a director, but as one of them, and continued to work with them. And the story goes on. Uh, you know, from this experience, she moved to a place of gratitude and was able to do many, many things in her life that she would not be able to do otherwise. And so, in fact, she left this company and went on to live her dream. And I'm not saying that leaving the company was an easy thing to do. 25 years, five years away from a pension, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but it was the only thing that she could do because in that moment 
she got very, very clear about the road that she was to take and was not willing to sacrifice not one thing. So there's a phrase I'd like to leave you with, one of my, one of my favorite quotes from Walt Whitman, Walt Whitman, and it goes like this. If you're in this place and you're trying to figure out what it is that you need to do in life and you're at this place of stuckness, remember this. Dismiss whatever insults your soul and your very flesh shall be a great poem and have the richest fluency, not only in its words, but in the silent lines of its lips and face and between the lashes of your eyes and in any motion of every joint in your body. So until next week, make yourself an awesome, awesome, cross-busting week. Live and breathe it each day. And ask yourself, is it time for me to be the lobster or is it time for me to be the fish? See you next week on Voice America, America's Voice. Thank you for joining us today for Crustbusting with Dr. Pat Basile. Crustbusting with Dr. Pat can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com. For a copy of today's program or to learn more about Crustbusting, visit www.crustbusting.com. 